You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. I had a cruiser, I had a speedboat, I had a house, I had, you know, I was sitting in the back of my yacht with a Cuban cigar and a glass of red wine. And I, I just remember saying, is this all there is? Is this it? What am I doing? You know, and now I've got none of those things and, and I've got everything. Now, here's your hosts, Tim and Dez. Alrighty, well, welcome to this week's Momentum. It is so good to have you tuning in. We really appreciate you doing that and spending some time with myself and, of course, my Irish friend, co-host and just legend of a man, Des Kennedy. How are you this week, Des? Oh, dear. I don't know how to follow that. <laughs> just say thanks. Uh, no, that's great. And thanks. Yeah, that's really cool. It's, uh, look, it's great to be uh, with you, Tim. And and uh, and it's really cool because it's just you and I today, which is brilliant in, on this show. Mm. And uh, we just want to remind people about MomentumAustria.org, which is our website. And you go onto the website, please, and get feedback. You can get lots of advice. Uh, all our podcasts are all on there. And also, mm. if you want to donate to Momentum, please, you can do that. Uh, we are we're a ministry. We're always looking for people who will support us. But yeah, you can do that easily now on our website. And also, don't forget our care line one eight hundred triple zero men six three six. So it's one eight hundred triple zero men. Brought to us by Caroline Connections, and you can reach out seven days a week, nine a.m. to eleven p.m. one eight hundred triple zero men. Yeah. And Tim, sorry for taking over all your stuff <laughs> no that's good man you did a great job you can do that every week that's fine um hey now look in all seriousness though i mean i remember a time days and you know uh, before we launch into the show but i remember a time in my life uh, not too many years ago where i didn't have anybody on the end of a speed dial for me on my phone ah and you know when the rubber hit the road i, I um i was struggling to find people to to reach out to because wow. i hadn't built the the re- necessary relationships with with guys particularly yeah. Um, and part of that was because I hadn't done any work on the backstory. That's a whole other thing. So I just want to encourage guys, you know, that number is there for you. If you feel like that, or it might be something that you don't want to share with someone close to you or a family member or a close friend. It might be that you just need an absolute stranger that is a safe place to go. I just need to offload some stuff. And, you know, that's what the care line's there for. And as Des said, you know, our good friends at Careline Connections do an amazing job. And they're great people. So if you need to give them a call, one 800 636 And, you know, it is coming up to that time of year too where, you know, the year is flying by. We're already in the lead up to Easter. And Easter can present a whole bunch of different things for different people for different reasons, right, Des? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the Easter long weekend is a wonderful opportunity, as we all know, to spend time relaxing with family and friends and doing barbecues and whatever. Mm. But, you know, it's also an incredible opportunity to consider what Easter is really all about. Absolutely. You know, whether it's just another long weekend or something more significant for you, Des and I thought, you know, this week we'd share our own journeys with you. And if you have a faith, maybe explore some simple ways that you can share that this Easter weekend. Or if you don't yet have a faith, maybe it might encourage you to explore something that could possibly change your life. And, you know, I want to start by saying that um, Des and I have lived life on both sides of the fence. You know, we haven't grown up in Christian families and and grown up in the church and had very straightforward lives at all. And I'm not knocking people who have that. In some ways, I've been kind of jealous of that over the years, going, man, they've saved themselves a lot of trouble. (laughs) Uh, Isn't that true? That's not been our story. And, you know, we thought we'd share that with you today to go, this is just our genuine story. You get to hear a bit more about who we are and you know, a heart for momentum. And, you know, we, we talk about a lot of deep, serious stuff on the show, but, you know, we have a lot of fun behind the scenes and, and we absolutely believe that there's a good balance in that. So, 
Des, why don't you why don't you kick us off, man? Um, because I mean, your story is pretty radical, and uh, and you have had, should I say, extremes in your life? Yeah, you know? no, that's, from where your true. life was to where it is now. Yeah, and I, I'm not going through the whole story, but um, I mean, obviously, people can tell. You know, I grew up in an Irish home <laughs> with Christian parents, and um, and they were very loving and very and beautiful people. But you know, very early in my life, I decided that Christianity wasn't for me. Why was that? Let me jump in and say, why was that? What was it about what you'd seen with your family or were hearing that that just put you off? I, I mean, it's it's, in, it's hard to reflect on it sometimes because for my case, it's a long time ago. But, <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, you know, I, I remember a lot of hypocrisy, a lot of, uh, I mean, the, the elders who were in the church that I went to, I can honestly say that all my childhood, I never once saw them smile. Wow. And so I had distorted view of Christianity. And so... I said, I don't want that in my life. I, I, I don't want to live my life miserable and unhappy. And, you know, in hindsight, I've never been more joyful in my world <laughs> than I have been since I became a Christian. You know, people have this since view. you came to faith. Yeah, well, people have this view that you, 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 whenever you become a Christian, you give up all this stuff mm. and you take on different stuff that's miserable and unhappy and legalistic. And that's nothing what Christianity is about. For me, it's about a relationship with God. Mm. End of story. Yeah. All the bits and pieces all fall into place. But end of the day, I gave my life to Christ and that was that was, and that was it. So that that you know, that just starts to say negative. Yeah, but you hadn't, obviously that wasn't witnessed to you. The joyful part of that and the freedom that can be found in that wasn't witnessed to you through your family. So tell us a bit about the journey then that you went on from obviously growing up in that and going, no thanks. At some stage, obviously that's changed. Yeah, well, I came to Australia, and, and and most of my life, I'm ashamed to say that I, um, I mean, I just I hated Christians, and and even my own family. When I would go back to Ireland, my role was to destroy their faith and question everything. <laughs> and, and you know, I'm ashamed of that now. And in fact, when I was started on my journey to Christianity, I actually wrote to my brothers and sisters and asked for their forgiveness because mm. because of the way I treated them, and they were so loving and thoughtful and it was mm. amazing. I didn't expect that reaction, but you know, they, they've been praying for me all my life. Can I ask in what way were you pushing them? Like, were you just questioning certain things? Questioning everything. You know, I'd go back to Ireland and, uh, you know, they'd say, Des, will you come to church with us on Sunday? And I said, over my dead body. And, and so, and, and you know, if they were started, if my family got together with my mom and dad who are great Christians and they started to talk about the Bible and whatever, I'd leave the room or go for a walk <laughs> or whatever, whatever. And so, you know, it broke my mom and dad's heart, truly, because mm. all the rest of the family were all Christians and I was this rebel and, yeah, and they were very forgiving, and for <laughs> mom and dad, I mean, they're just, yeah, you know, and 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 I reach out to all those mums and dads who have got children who have have left faith, and mm. and they're praying for them. Can I encourage you, you folks? Please continue to pray for your children, mm. because for me, fifty eight years later, mm. fifty eight years later, I came to Christ. So if I can do that. And God it will open the door for me at 50 years of age. Please continue to pray for your kids. That's a good message. Good message. Great message. 
people don't know your background and, and you can skim skim over that if you want. But I mean, you, you, you came to Australia, you mentioned that yeah. and you were, were living a good yeah. life. You were living a good life. But obviously it started unraveling at some stage. Well, it's, I, I led a self-centered life. And so, you know, I was very successful. I look back at my career, you know, I was, you know, running technology at Qantas. I was running technology at NRMA. I was working with Deutsche Bank. I was working with Fonterra in New Zealand. Uh, big organizations earning big money. Um, and I had loads of fun, but, you know, I paid a price. And the, and the price I paid was um, I lost two marriages. I, I, mm. I, I'm fortunate to have a good relationship with my sons, but, you know, n not as good as it should have been uh, because I wasn't there for them as often as I should have been. And so I live with a lot of regret. But, you know, um, what that does is allows me to speak into guys' lives and say, hey, you know, you've got kids, please spend time, quality time, mm. not in front of the TV, get to know mm. their personalities, get to know them and let, and let them make you their dad. Mm. So they look to you and they respect you and they honor you and so forth. And that's just, that's amazing. Yeah. Like for example, this morning I had a video call with my grandson. Yeah. And he's two years, just turned two. And as soon as the, uh, my face come up on the screen, his face lit up. And I, if only I could have done that with my kids. <laughs> Anyway, I, I can do it with my grandkids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I mean, look, there's some good messaging in there because as men, let's be honest, we, we tend to get caught up in the whole providing for our family thing and we work hard and we think we're doing the right thing. Uh, and then, of course, you know, we realize uh, if we're smart enough in time that our kids don't care how much we earn. Our kids just want that around. And they don't need the best toys and they don't, they don't need expensive food. Yeah. And... You know, right. and but they do need our time, and they do need our company, and they need, do need our encouragement and support and direction. So you're living a high life. Yeah. Sadly, you've lost a couple of marriages along the way. What was the turning point? When did when did faith enter your life? Well, I actually uh, all through my life, you know, and it's great with hindsight. It's really good. I look back at my life, and all of us, you know, all through my life, there were Christians who got in the way. <laughs> Got in the got in the way. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> nice as possible. I mean, yeah, <laughs> they were all working for me or working alongside me, whatever, right? Um, and some of them were mm. really good experiences, and some of them were shocking. Mm. And I can tell you stories about that. But I I took on a major project in two thousand and nine uh, in Darwin to helping the Northern Territory government with some software that had gone askew. And so I took on that project, and one of the first people I met in that process was a Christian lady by the name of Gwen Govea. And Gwen, was a, Gwen is a lovely Christian lady who lives in Alice Springs, still lives in Alice Springs, and she, um, and she, and as soon as I saw her, I knew she was a Christian. <laughs> I used to say, I could smell them a mile off. <laughs> but, but, so, so this lady... Um, had a different type of Christianity, if I can put it that way. And there was something about her that really struck a chord. And we, you know, I got to know her husband and her kids and so forth. And um, and over time, she came to work on the project. And so she's, yeah, and we, we've talked about before, Tim, you know, about the fact that um, you, you, mm. you preach the gospel, but you don't have to use words. Right, and so what she did was we'd go out driving in the in the car to a community or something, and she'd say, "Des, can I put my music on?" 
And, and you know, me being a gentleman, I said, yes, of course you can. Mm. So on went Hillsong Music. And I, you know, I didn't know Hillsong Music, my bar is up. But, you know, and, but in a secular mm. sense, it's really good music. And mm. it really does speak into people's lives. And so I downloaded all this music onto my phone, started listening to it. I loved it. Wow. And so then, then a little while later, she said, Des, I read the Bible every night. And I said, well, you don't get extra points for that. It's your job. You're a Christian. That's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> so she said, no, I actually want you to read the Bible with me. Wow. And I said, hey, Gwen, been there, done that, seen the, wore the T-shirt, seen the movie, not interested. But if it helps you, I'll do it. And so we used to get together when she came up to Darwin, and we would talk, you know, read a, a chapter of the Bible and talk about it. And I would be trying to knock mm. her faith, and she'd be trying to convert me. But what that led to was me making a decision that I was going to re-explore Christianity because mm. I couldn't shake her faith. She was rock solid. And so uh, so I went on a journey. I came back to Sydney, ended up going to Hillsong. Because I listened to the music, I actually felt at home, which I didn't expect to have happen. And so I spoke to a couple of pastors and, and went on this journey of exploring Christianity. So there was a moment though where you were driving and you actually did did have the conversion experience. Yes. So the project came to an end in 2011 and I decided to drive from Darwin to Sydney, do the, all the tourist thing. And on the 14th of March, 2011, I drove out of Castron to go to Tennant Creek. And about an hour down the road, there was a picnic area called Rock, river or something like that rock river caravan park and i drove in under a tree stopped the car and and i said you know what this whole christianity thing is you know drive me crazy i i think i've done so much damage god doesn't want me i have to live with the consequences of the choices that i've made um god if you're real show me what i've got to do because uh, I knew all the Bible verses, you know, Romans 3, 23, Rome, yeah, John 3, 16, all, all of them. And so I, I sat there, f you know, for a few minutes and and this voice inside my head said, Des, you don't need to do anything. All you have to do is repent of how you've lived, change direction, trust Jesus, and it's all done. And I said, I can do that. And I did. And I got back on the road and yelled and screamed and laughed like I've never yelled and screamed in my entire life. And that moment changed my life. I think that's a perfect time for a little break, just to let that sink in. And we're about halfway through the show. I'm taking over the whole show here. <laughs> this is, um, you know, this is this is the power of, of you know, what, what some people have experienced in their faith. And, uh, you know, I'll come back and share my story in a moment. But uh, we are exploring as we head into the Easter long weekend, you know, for a lot of us, it's, it's been just a long weekend for many years. Um, thankfully, for some of us, it means a little bit more than that. And it doesn't mean that it's better and worse and we're better than you and whatever. It just means that, you know, the Easter is always a, a, an important calendar in the year for a number of reasons. Is there something more to that for you this Easter? That's what we're exploring this week's Momentum. Um, we're going to come back in just a tick, and um, I'll take the mic and share my story. Um, in the meantime, have a look around the website, MomentumAustralia.org. Um, you can have a look about what we're doing here at Momentum, why we exist. And uh, again, as Dad said at the beginning of the show, if you'd like to financially support us, we run on a shoestring. 
but we are impacting men's lives by God's grace all around Australia through 30-odd radio stations that take the show each week, and we're very grateful for that. But have a squeeze around the website, and we're going to be back with part two in just a moment. So MomentumAustralia.org, and we'll come back real soon. This is Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. All right, welcome back to the second part of this week's Momentum. Really great to have you tuning back in. MomentumAustralia.org is our website, as we've mentioned before. And uh, Tim and we are, look, exploring this whole Easter thing a little bit this week. Before we do launch into the Easter long weekend, um, you know, and Des and I, as we said at the beginning of the show, we both sat on both sides of the fence. That's where we've grown up without a faith, and now we we certainly have a faith. And uh, we thought we'd, we'd just explore a little bit about that, share a bit about our own journeys and Maybe some of that might resonate with you in a way that you can be encouraged to perhaps share your journey with someone um, this Easter. Or perhaps if that's not your journey, to explore that journey for you and go, is this more than just a long weekend? This whole thing that we celebrate, does that actually have a more, a deeper meaning for me this year? And so that's what we're we're talking about on the show. And Des, thanks for sharing your story, mate, the first part of the show. That's cool. And, you know, I'm I'm really interested to hear your story. And I know a little bit of it, but, you know, unfortunately, you were born across the ditch. And uh, and so so your your life is different. So instead of being Irish, which you should be, you know, you're English. (laughs) I've got a friend from Yorkshire and he used to say, uh, I'm not English. I'm from Yorkshire near England. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I was so, born a Yorkshireman, that's for sure. So I was born in York in, in the UK in the early 70s, and then my family moved up to the northeast of England all right. um, around 1980. And uh, non-Christian family, but at the age of, I think it was around seven, in this little town called Hexham in the northeast of England, um, my friends and I, well, basically what the story was that one, one, one assembly um, in, in first school, in primary school, this guy comes in and he was the choir master in the local abbey and they were needing some new recruits. They were running short of, of kids. Kids' voices were breaking and, and they were getting a bit thin on the ground with, with some new recruits. So they were basically going into the local schools and saying, hey, if anyone's interested to join the choir. So were you a soprano or something or alto? It was it was sketchy. I don't know what I was, but it was high. <laughs> <laughs> but at least you could sing in key, right? It was very high, but I, I had some degree of musical ability. But my friends and I thought it was a great thing to do. And that, that clearly tells you about the size of Hexham and what was on offer as a seven-year-old yeah. boy yes. in Hexham's social life at that age and that time in the 1980s. I think it was like a running club or the choir. Uh, and uh, <laughs> so anyway, we went to the choir and and look, that started a journey where I was in church three or four times a week. So yeah. Monday nights was practice. Wednesday was a middle a middle of the uh, even song, middle of the week, and, a, and then a practice afterwards and twice on Sunday. So I was in church four times a week um, as a non-Christian. But I'm now singing hymns and psalms and all sorts of choral pieces about the glory of God and all of these things. And that lasted for about 10 years. My wow. voice broke and then I went to the men's. And yeah. during that time, you know, my life was in inverted commas, fairly straightforward. I was going through school and wanted to be an architect and, you know, all of that things. And then about the age of 16, 17, found out that there were some struggles in my family, and I won't go into that, but that threw me off the rails a little bit. And uh, and it was getting to the pointy end of high school and A-levels and wanting to go to uni and, you know, do an art degree and get into architecture. And, you know, that was, that was the path that my life was taking. And as a result of what was happening in the backstory with my family, kind of threw me off the rails a bit and I lost my way. And uh, 
from there, I, in in one sense, rebelled. I, um, I, I didn't want to be around my family. I was struggling with that. I was struggling with direction. I just wanted to get away from the situation. Um, started getting tattooed, started riding motorbikes, started finding the gym. And because of the lack of relationship with my mom, started finding uh, women, essentially, and was, was filling a void of my mom's lack of love with with lots of meaningless relationships isn't it interesting that you still ride motorbikes you still got your tattoo (laughs) and you still go to the gym (laughs) and now i'm happily married so that's good Um, (laughs) but look it it, like you does it's taken a couple of times but you know um early 20s yeah i found the gym did a bit of personal training but i reached the age of 25 and and i was kind of like i feel like i need there's something more you know um didn't really have a lot of direction and, you know, my, 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 my dad's family had moved to Australia as Tempan Poms in the late 60s. We'd visited a few times. And I just was like, I feel like a change. Maybe I'll go and do a, a year in Australia and just see what happens. So November 98, I chuffed off and came to Australia and um, worked at my cousin's plant farm. And very quickly was working alongside a Filipino guy who was a Christian. And he would invite me to youth group on a Friday night. And of course, the idea of going to church didn't phase me. I, of I'd course. been in church. Yeah. I just yeah. hadn't been in an Aussie church and it hadn't been for a few years. And not a Pentecostal church or whatever it was. And certainly not a Pentecostal <laughs> church. It was Church of England, right? So quite yeah. quite traditional. Um, so I come to this I come to this church and it's, you know, youth group on a Friday night and I'd never experienced anything like it. It was very casual, relaxed. But talking of Hillsong days and your story, um, they, they were playing... Hillsong music at that time from the album Touching Heaven, Changing Earth, which I think was released in 98. And there was a song, track six, I think it's called, I think it was track six, Jesus, You Gave It All For Me. And I'm sat at the back, as you do when you're new to church, you know, you don't want to get too involved. Um, You're kind of surveying it and going, yeah, I'm not sure about this, not sure about this. Um, And back then I I had a full sleeve and, and not many people back then had a lot of tats. So I kind of felt rebellious and, you know, out of place. These yeah. kids all look so clean and, you know, here I am, the filthy scoundrel coming in the back with the tattoos and the, you know, the attitude. But um, but there was something about that song, Jesus, You Gave It All For Me, that it would really touch my heart. And honestly, I would be at the back hiding tears. Wow. There was something about that song that would just touch my heart. Well, cut a long story short, within two months, it didn't take long, the Lord got a hold of me on the 15th of January, 1999. It was a Friday night. I remember it well after the youth service. A couple of the guys came up to me, and they'd obviously been keeping an eye on me from a distance, and they came up and said, hey, you know, what do you think, this Jesus thing kind of thing? And I went, yeah. And so I prayed the prayer, and I can tell you, man, that was much like you when you went off screaming, yelling, and shouting in your car. Yeah. I, uh, I, had, an, I had a moment, and I know some people are, are sketchy about this, but I literally fell over. Like the, something wow. hit me, and I was flat on my back. Wow. And all I know is that in that moment, honestly, I, I felt peace and joy like I had never, ever felt in my life. And especially given the last sort of seven or eight years of my life where I, you know, life was fairly chaotic. I, I, I grew distant from my family because of what was happening. You know, I was angry. You know, I was, I was pretty angry and rebellious. And, you know, and, and when that moment hit me, I remember just being on flat on my back on the floor going, I feel... 100% at peace and there was a joy came over me not a not a like laughing uncontrolled but a deep just a sense of joy and peace in my heart that I have never felt before 
So that was the beginning. So how did your life change then? I mean, you had this amazing experience yeah. you know, in a church. What happened day two? <laughs> Do you know what? It's it's interesting you ask that because I look back at that season. I was going I was going nuts for the Lord. I wanted to be at everything, every prayer meeting, every service. People said, I remember going back to the UK about 10 months later, and um, I remember somebody saying to me, I have never seen such a transformation in a human being. They knew the old me before I left the UK, and then I came back, and it was less than 12 months, and I remember them saying, I've never seen such a transformation in a human being. And what was it that they saw? What what was it? I mean, you, you spoke the same, you looked the same. What was it about you that they said, wow, that's different? Well, interesting that you say that. When you say I spoke the same, I probably didn't because some of my language before being a Christian wasn't awesome. Let's just be honest. <laughs> so I think there was that. Yeah. I think the way that I looked probably hadn't changed as in my tats hadn't miraculously disappeared. But, um, but I think there was a lightness about my countenance. Um, I mean, you know me days, even now, I can look pretty intense at times and, and have an intensity about me. Well, that would have been magnified before I became a Christian because I was an intense bloke and I had a lot of unresolved stuff and a lot of unresolved anger, particularly towards my mum. So I think that there was just a difference in my countenance and the way that I carried myself and I, and I just, I was, you know, there was a lightness and a, I was easier to be around, thank the yeah. Lord, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. rather than people walking on eggshells. It reminds me of uh, th- that, I can't remember the guy's name, um, who said that as a Christian, we've got to preach the gospel, and if we have to use words, that's okay. Preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words is is the one that I remember, yeah. Correct. So, so it's all about who we are, what we portray. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And look, the, the truth is that we do a terrible job of that at times as Christians. Let's be honest. We We, we do. Uh, and I'm and I'm daily reminded of the fact that people are watching my life, right? It's not necessarily what I say. In fact, what I say, if if what I'm acting doesn't line up with what I say, like much like you and your experience, probably there are a bunch of hypocrites. What's the point? Um, and and it's let's be honest, the 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 walk of Christianity is not an easy journey. It, it's not when you sign up for what you're signing up for. It involves a, a, a really personal journey. And I'm not saying it's not worth it. I'm not saying it isn't awesome, but it's not easy either, you know, to to turn the other cheek, to try and remain peaceful, to try and uh, not allow certain things to overcome you again, to to have a uh, an attaining towards a sense of holiness, which the Bible talks about, and purity and consecration. And, and you know, when, when the Bible says, you know, he who basically gives up his life for my sake, will find it. I mean, that's not an easy thing to do because at our core, we're all fairly selfish and we have desires and wants and ways that we think our life is going to look. And as a Christian, the Lord is often calling you to something completely different. Now, we think that's a thing, like you said before, we think that's a lot of giving up. But when you realize that what the Lord calls you to is actually way better than you could ever have imagined, it's actually a, it's a win, not a, not a loss. And and I just say, I mean, I, when I got saved, right, and we've had that part, I went on to work in Christian radio, which I never thought that I would ever do. The Lord called me to that, which made no sense. And I've spent, as you know, those 20 years in Christian radio, and I go, I go now, 20 years down the track. I've loved my life. I would never have chosen that for me. And I've had an incredible opportunity to speak into many thousands of people's lives most days, listen to music, which I love, 
most days and get to talk to some incredible people over the years. And I look at that and go, what I, what I was looking at would have been a loss compared with what I've gained. And again, I'm 49, I'm turning 50 this year. The journey is not over by any stretch. I'm excited to see what, what happens from here. But there's no denying that when you give your life to Christ, you, it, it's a big unknown, but it's, it's a cool unknown too. Isn't it interesting that um, people say when you become a Christian, you actually um, are, are, find, are trying to find a crutch or find a way out, and, all, and they use all those sorts of words. What they don't understand is that we have moved from an, a really boring non-life into a passionate, focused, God-driven life, you know, with purpose, with meaning, with, you know, and, the, and we are on this show today because of that very thing. We're passionate and we want men to live out better and so forth. Well, Des, I remember you sharing a story, and, and if you want to jump in by all means, but you being sat on your boat and thinking you've got everything, but you've got nothing. And, you know, I, I look at that and they go, certainly financially over the last 20 years of working in Christian radio, I don't have a lot of stuff. But I look back and I go, my heart has been full many, many times. I've, I've lived with a sense of purpose. I've lived with a sense of serving others through what I'm doing. And I'll tell you what, that will fill something deep inside of you way more than having a million or two million bucks in the bank. That's nice. Yeah. But when you live a life with purpose and a genuine purpose to impact other people's lives in a positive, profound way, um, you wake up every day and go, man, I feel so blessed before I've even started. And I've got so much to do. <laughs> and I've got so much yeah. to do in and, so little time. And you know, I mean, just the story is right. I mean, I had, I had a cruiser, I had a speedboat, I had a house, I had, you know, I was sitting in the back of my yacht with a Cuban cigar and a glass of red wine. It's a lovely music. And I, I just remember saying, is this all there is? Is this it? You know, why am I, what am I doing? You know, and now I've got none of those things um, and, and I've got everything. So, yeah, that's, so we encourage your guys who are listening, who don't know about, uh, can't understand what we're talking about, maybe even, just reach out, reach out to God, reach out and find your true self in God. Yeah. I mean, look, in the final moments of the show, bouncing off that, Des, I mean, that's that's it, absolutely, is is reach out. And and look, it, this whole thing may be a little strange, and, you know, some of these people that you've met who are Christians could look a little strange too. I totally get that. Uh, <laughs> but find someone that you feel like you, you can resonate with, who you go, there's something about them. I'm kind of drawn to them. I'm not sure what that is, but they seem pretty cool. Uh, and, and for me, look, I, I love sitting in that space with non-Christians. Um, not all of my life is is Christianity. Like I love to sit with guys who aren't. And and if, not necessarily to try and bring them to faith, but just go, hey, underneath my faith, I'm still a normal bloke. I'm still a guy. I still struggle with some of the stuff that you would struggle with. Absolutely. It's just that there's this other element of my life that perhaps you'd like to be introduced to. So, look, even if that's Des and I and you want to reach out to us at Momentum, by all means, reach out to the website, MomentumAustralia.org. Reach out to the Kellen if you want to have a conversation about that, one 800 Or if you are curious and you just want to start exploring, we're not forcing you to do any of this, but if there's something in your heart that goes, you know what, yeah, maybe, maybe there is something more to this Easter thing. Find somebody in your world or in a, in a Christian world or, or someone that you know has a faith that you feel comfortable with just going, hey, can I ask a few questions? Do you mind? You know, is it, or do a bit of research and, and see and then, and then see if there's someone locally that you can get connected to. 
and um, see if there's something more for this for you this this Easter. Now that's a great story and a great message to leave you guys with at East, at Easter time. And you know, it's uh, it's our heart that you will not only find faith, which is ultimate, uh, but also just do life better. You know, whether better as a dad, better as a husband, better as a friend, better as a neighbor. You know, in every way, do life better and uh, and speak into people's lives around you. Yeah. And so with that, a final push for the website because we have resources on the website for you that will help you on your journey. And of course, you can check out recent podcasts, old podcasts, there's 80 odd shows, I think, that, um, there that you can have a look through. And we cover a lot of ground with some of the topics. MomentumAustralia.org, MomentumAustralia.org. And please don't forget the care line. If you need that over the next couple of weeks specifically, over the Easter period, for whatever reason, one 800 And you know, as we head into the Easter long weekend, we are going to be chatting with a couple of people over the next few weeks about what Easter actually really does mean from a biblical perspective. That's coming up in next week's show with Rob Furlong. Until then, you take care. Thanks for your time today. It's Tim and Des with you once again on Momentum. Check out the website in the meantime, MomentumAustralia.org, and we'll chat to you next week. You've been listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to MomentumAustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org. Until next time, keep moving forward with Momentum.